This is Grown Up and Grounded, a podcast about growing up and being a grown up, about getting grounded and staying grounded. Join us, two women, a mother and a daughter, who talk about everything. Does everything you do have a motive? We're going to finish up that conversation today. And we're going to jump a little bit into my awkwardness. Yep, that's right. I'm Trish, and I'm awkward sometimes. We'll finish up by rehashing some of the things that were brought up during the Sisters episode. So our last conversation, we talked about having a motive for everything you do. Uh, accidentally, yeah, that kind of accidentally came up. Yes, but we had a challenge. Think about it. Yes, a challenge for you. Yeah, mostly. I mean, I probably wasn't really good about thinking about it. I'm yeah. not surprised. You've got a lot going on. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I do agree. Yes, everything you have a motive. I guess maybe I should clarify with ulterior motive. Well, too late. That conversation's over. You should have clarified <laughs> the first time. <laughs> um. No, I mean, and I mean, it's kind of funny, cause, but listening back to the conversation, I feel like I didn't make my point very clearly either. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I still stand by my statement of like, you know, yes, everything you do has a motive. That's still definitely true, at least in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the topic of the conversation that we were having, just about me wanting to be liked, like, I, the conversation made it sound like I'm faking being a nice person in order to be liked, but... The reason there's nothing to see through is because I genuinely am a nice, that I am that person that just wants to make people happy. So, yes. I mean, it, it sounds like I have an ulterior motive, but really I don't. I, my motive is just, I am a nice person who wants to make other people happy. And I want them to like me in return because I am a nice person who wants to make them happy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that <laughs> I know you and I, I think that you genuinely care about the happiness of other people. I will say that. And yes, you like to do things that make other people happy, but I could see how like certain people you may put out an effort to get a little bit more of an effort. Yes. And I think in the topic of someone that I'm dating their parents, that's a great example. Yeah. And so that's the only thing I would think of because I think it's definitely a turnoff to have someone try too hard to get me to like them, like just be yourself. Um, I pull away from that in general. So, Well, you're just a cold person that we've already established that. <laughs> I don't remember cold <laughs> being it. I don't think I'm, I'm generally a, a warm person and I'm, mm. I'm genuine, but I also don't like a lot of BS. What can I say? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's fair. You know, it's kind of funny that we're having this conversation kind of again, because, um, just the other night I was actually talking to one of my employees, uh, like completely unrelated to this. They've never listened to the podcast. This is not related at all, but she was telling me about how they didn't like me when I first got to my store. Uh (laughs) And although we've come so far and obviously that's not the case anymore because we can speak openly about stuff like this. Um, but I was, I had to remind myself not to be upset about it because I was still like, you didn't like me right away. Like I thought I, I, I thought I did a good job when I first got there. Well, I think the problem funny. is when things like that happen, it's not even so much that you, you are hurt that they, that they didn't like you, at least for me, it's like, 
I want to know details. <laughs> like, I want to hash it out in my head so I don't make those mistakes again. Like, let, let, can we linger on this topic? Like, I want to talk about, <laughs> let's flesh it out. Like, what exactly yeah. did I do? Were you just yeah. afraid of change? And I represented change. Like, I would really want to dwell on that. And you, you can't do that. Like, that's just completely awkward. Totally. Totally. And it's not going to help anything. Like, well, of course it's going to help. It's every... going to help you not do those things again. But, but I, don't, I don't know if that's true necessarily. Okay. And the, the the only reason that I say that, at least when it comes to this particular example, is because it's it's pretty normal, you know, when a right. new boss comes in that people leave just because the change is a lot. Like that, that's that's just a normal reaction to, you know, a new boss comes in, you you're going through a lot of change, you just got used to the way things were, especially in this instance because they've had so many new bosses in such a short amount of time. Um, uh, like I I get where they're coming from, and obviously they nobody left, they all stayed they like me now. So, you know, what, essentially what she said is like, once we got to know you, we liked you. So I, I don't think that I was really the problem. Right. Especially if you've had in the boss situation, if you've had more than one boss and, uh, the bosses have been crap, you're like, ugh, you, you know, you already have an attitude towards the new one or if yeah. you didn't get along with the previous, you know, one of the yeah. previous ones or, there's lots of scenarios where you could just already have a negative attitude before it gets there. So I totally understand that. But I think I've had situations like that where I'm kind of like in my head, like I want to ask more questions and like linger on that a little longer, but I know it's unhealthy. So I just have to let it go. Yeah. Which is hard. Or maybe not unhealthy, but like, but also I was thinking one of the reasons why I acquiesced to your motive thing is because with my health and wellness coach, you know, a lot of what you talk about making decisions on things you do and why you do them is all about like, what's your motivation? Like, who do you want to be? And so mm. those kind of things drive you to what you prioritize in your life, right? Like, mm -hmm. if you want to be a good mother, then you're going to make decisions that involve family. If you want to make a million dollars and you want to have this business thriving, then you're going to pour yourself into your business. Like, you know, you just kind mm -hmm. of gauging and those are just very simplistic definitions, but that's a lot of what we talk about is like, well, mm -hmm. you know, what drives you to do that? Like one of the things I'm working on is getting a definite workout routine. <clears throat> mm -hmm. And so that's hard. she asks me, like, it is really hard. And she, she asks me a lot about like, well, why do you feel like you need to work out? Like what, what do you want to achieve? Like, is that important enough to drive you to do it? All those kind of questions. So it really mm -hmm. gets me thinking. It's, it's mm -hmm. like a different kind of therapy almost. Like you have a third person. It's, it's even funny when she'll ask me questions, sometimes I'll say an answer and I'm surprised about what I actually, what comes out of my mouth, like just off the cuff with her, as opposed to mm -hmm. if I think to myself about things, I would never come mm -hmm. to that. But when she asks me, I'll just spit it out. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So. Yeah, it is interesting. She gave me this uh, thing to think about. What was the scenario? You're, you're, there's a crowded auditorium of people and a stage and a microphone and the room's a buzz and you're going to speak to these people and you have a very limited amount of time, but whatever you say is going to change or affect everyone in the room somehow. What would you say? I feel like I need more information to answer that question. <laughs> I don't understand. It's like, like you're going to go talk in the room and everyone's, it's going to affect them somehow. What they're would gonna, you say? No matter, no matter you, what, no matter what I say, it's going to move them. Or am I supposed to find the thing that's going to move someone? 
like, are these, do these people, are they all women? Are they all men? Is it a mix? Are they all doctors? Like, what are we talking about here? I need more. I need more. <laughs> no, I mean, that's the thing, but the, you're, you're getting uh, lost in what's, what the point is, is what would you want to affect these people to do or change? Like, that's more important because that says more about you than about, it's more about you. I mean, I'd, I'd want to motivate them in some way to change the world, to make the world a more equal place right. for everyone. I mean, I could stand in front of them and say, hey, the world's going to be a better place if uh, all men and women are actually created equal and we stop using stereotypes to make snap judgments about people. But that's not going to move anyone. Like, just making that statement doesn't change No, but the point minds. is, if it were, in this scenario, when you say that it will affect every person in that room. Oh, my gosh. Then, yes, absolutely. That was like, pretty much the same thing I had, which is kind of interesting. Um, like I mean, the I way had, the world like, is right now, I'm not surprised that that's where our minds are, though. Like, we're all the same inside. Be thoughtful. Be considerate. Don't be afraid to do the right thing. So then she narrows that down to, well, so what's important to you is helping others. So it helps her kind of get down to things that are important to me. Mm -hmm. So social justice. Interesting. Would be something that would be important to me if that's what I'm going to use my 30 seconds for. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. But the problem with that is I'm not living my life in such a way crap mom you're right what are we gonna do <laughs> like yeah, it's I'm so like, easy. I like i think about this scenario. all the time i get i get caught up in the day-to-day -day, right the the how important it is for me to work and like the impact that i'm making in my small circle of employees at my store right and right. i'm pouring so much energy into that but my passion i mean i love my employees and i love what i do but my passion is in social justice I mean, that's what I went to school for. That's what I saw myself doing was some form of social work. So where's the disconnect? Like why, how, how do I make the jump? I guess. Well, what do we do, mom? What do we do? <laughs> we, you and I have talked about doing so many things together too. I mean, we still have that nonprofit that we want to do for helping animals, even stray animals in underdeveloped countries. I mean, come on. Like, <laughs> well, that was more you we when have I said cars. I would help you. That wasn't really. Oh, come on. You were excited about it. I showed you those pictures of those poor dogs. Um, did you know there's a place in Costa Rica and they take in all these dogs and they let them run on the hillsides and you can actually pay to go and be there when all the dogs are running on the hills. Um, I didn't know they had that in Costa Rica, but I did know that there was one in New Zealand. Yeah, I mean, I, I think a lot about becoming a, um, you know, like going into the legal field, but I'm so old. It's be so much learning. <laughs> I mean, Not that's that how I, I feel too. Um, like trying to be a, like trying to be a lawyer or something like that's so like, I just, I don't have it in me. Like I know that about myself. Well, yeah. I would never want to be an attorney, but I wouldn't mind being a, um, paralegal. Paralegal. Thank you. Cause I was, my mind was really drawing a blank. Yeah. I mean, there's less schooling for that, right? Like that's, um, yeah, you can do something to, there's different kinds of programs, but, uh, six months to two years, depending on the program you choose. Why don't we, I mean, but how can, what, what can you do to use that to make a difference in people's lives? I mean, I know that with some of the, um, 
Trump camps. They were asking for paralegals to help the lawyers that were on the ground. Right. Yeah. But you, you, you just, so you can work for the ACLU, you, you can work for any sort of foundation that needs legal guidance. Basically, you are adept at research and uh, finding facts and researching cases. So, I mean, my, my whole thing is one of the things that I started when I started listening to podcasts was I listened to a lot of podcasts in regards to wrongful convictions and different things. And so I've been really hyper aware now of of that. And that is something I would love to be able to help with, like work mm-hmm. for an innocence project. Mm-hmm. also wanted to discuss this thing mm-hmm. called awkwardness because I'm terribly awkward sometimes. Such a conversation change. I feel like I need like a minute to like recollect <laughs> my thoughts and get away from what we were talking about before. Awkwardness. Yes. You are awkward sometimes. Yeah. I mean, you know it. I know it. Everybody knows it. When mm-hmm. you're awkward, you know it. Um, yeah. But so before we talked today, I was Googling about embracing awkwardness. And there's actually a lot of information <laughs> out there about it. It's nothing I've ever thought about. But uh, it's just interesting because the reality is, I guess, everybody's awkward at times. Sometimes I think there are other people that aren't awkward like me, but no, I'm awkward. Mm-hmm. I guess there's different degrees of awkwardness. Mm-hmm. But it's weird, like... So being awkward and being a competent person seems counterintuitive, but I am both of those things. Mm-hmm. And so maybe that's part of the problem is like when I'm awkward, it like destroys my confidence. And then I go into a spiral of self-doubt and humiliation until I shake mm-hmm. it off. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Or I do a whole self-deprecating humor kind of thing, which... Self-deprecating humor, I have found, is not really a very good thing, even though it works to get you out of awkward situations because you make fun of yourself. Mm-hmm. It can backfire and doesn't go so well always. Yes. Because sometimes people think, well, if you make fun of yourself, that they too can make fun of you. Mm-hmm. And then that that's not good. Mm-hmm. Because I can make fun of myself, but if you try and back on me, then I'm going to... Curl up into a puddle of emotions? (laughs) No, I think, well, I mean, it depends. I mean, I've had people who are friends and I can laugh with them while they're laughing at me. Sure. But I've also had other acquaintances, maybe not super good friends, that try and, like, bag on me and be like, ha, 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 ha. And it's like, that's, I mean, I don't know. You have to get to a certain comfort level to get to that point, I feel like. And there's rules to it, too, right? (laughs) Like, there's, there's things that your friends know that even if you're in, like, this, teasing each other or making fun of each other cycle that you don't go to because those things are off limits versus someone who's a little bit more of an acquaintance, like a friendly acquaintance doesn't know what the lines are because they don't know you well enough. Well, I just even think it's like some, there are people out there and maybe this is how they're awkward. It's like, because it's almost like by being self-deprecating, you gave them permission to point out your flaws and it's like, mm-hmm. no, that's not really how this works. Do I need to educate you? I feel like you? those people are just not nice people though. Like probably it's, it's, it could be true, but they, they're, whether they're nice or not makes no difference. They 
tend to think, oh, you gave me permission to treat you this way. This is how I'm going to mm-hmm. treat you. And so mm-hmm. that is the downside of self-deprecating humor. It's like how we pre- present ourselves to the uh, to the world, right? Mm-hmm. And I do it a lot. Like if I if I do something that's kind of an airhead, I'll just make a big joke about how I'm an airhead. But then it's probably not the best thing because everyone that hears a joke then thinks, oh, she really is an airhead. Which, yeah, of course I am sometimes. Everybody does things and they're like, oh, I should have looked at that more carefully or I should have read the fine mm-hmm. print or whatever. This is sounding like it's less a conversation about your awkwardness and more a conversation about your self-deprecating humor um, as a coping mechanism for awkwardness. Tied. I think they're closely tied because I'm saying I use, I, I tend to use that as a way to like, make light of my awkwardness. Mm-hmm. Like, to act like, hey, I'm comfortable with my awkwardness. Ha, ha, ha. We can all laugh about it. I know I'm awkward. Mm-hmm. But there's probably a better, more honest way to embrace my awkwardness. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know. It's just something I have to think about. I mean, I'm 52 years old. Do you think I would have this figured out? I don't think, um, I mean, yeah, I don't necessarily think that's true. I think that that's one of those things that, you know, comes with time. I mean, like, I'd like, that was a stupid thing to say. I, I think that, um, when it comes to awkwardness, like that's, I don't really think that that's something that you ever really understand. It's just something that you like live you know, live, I don't want to say live, learn to live with. Cause that makes it sound so serious. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but I, I think, I think the fact it. that you're 52 has nothing to do with the fact that you don't know how to verbalize it is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I think in certain situations I do. And I feel, I feel like maybe just the way I'm awkward stands out to me more now than it used to. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But it is weird because I, I do feel like some people think back to that original thing of um, like exuding confidence and then all of a sudden you're awkward. It's like such a contradiction. Mm-hmm. But there it is. I'm a I mean, I don't think it's necessarily that much of a contradiction. Um, but the only reason that I say that is because being confident means that you have accepted everything about yourself, right? Even the stuff that maybe isn't so suave or so cool. And that is where kind of that awkwardness can come in. And so you can be awkward and still be confident and you can also be confident and still, I mean, I don't want to say like regret or second guess some of the things that you do, but like you can be confident and still think that was really awkward. I wish I hadn't done that, but you're still confident in yourself because it doesn't, it doesn't shake you to your core to the point where you feel like, I don't even know who I am anymore. Or I, how can I love myself when I say things like that? (laughs) Well, I guess it just depends. I think sometimes I have a spiral where I'll do something and I'll spiral out of control for a day or two. And then I feel like pull it together. I feel like we need some examples here. Like we're going to talk about your awkwardness. Mm. Obviously, I'm, I, okay, well, I, I just mean that it's difficult for someone who's listening to this who maybe doesn't know you to understand what you mean by awkwardness. Because there's so many different, so many pe- people think different things are awkward. Like True. And even when I was looking online, like, there were all these different um, thing, articles that I was like, well, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not socially awkward. I mean, I may say a wrong thing every now and then, but that's not, I, I'm, I don't get uncomfortable in social yeah. situations. Um, yeah, but yeah, no, just sometimes I say the wrong thing or, 
uh, it happens sometimes at work. Like I will verbalize something and I, as soon as it comes out of my mouth, I know I shouldn't have verbalized it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I trip. I mean, sometimes I'm physically awkward because I'm mm. like tall. Clumsy a little bit. I'm a little clumsy. Mm-hmm. Um, I laugh really loud. Dad would say that's awkward about me because it really embarrasses <laughs> him. Well, Dad um, is so weird. Don't listen to him. <laughs> I love that you laugh loud and I laugh loud too. I'm a very loud laugher. I sneeze very loud. I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah, you I, do. I, uh, yeah, it's, it's, and that's awkward. Like you sneeze loud sometimes and people like stop what they're doing and look at you like <laughs> if you're in shopping in a store and everyone kind of stops what they're doing and looks at you. It's like, yeah, that was me. But I mean, that's just a, a funny little quirk. Oh, yeah. I think that is hilarious. Um, I pronounce words funny sometimes. I just know you guys always make fun of me and draw attention to it. Mm-hmm. So if we're yeah, proud of people and you draw attention to it, it makes me feel really awkward, which you guys do all the time. <laughs> yeah, we do. Yeah, that's fair. I need to put uh, get that link uh, from emphasis on the wrong syllable. How I don't even know how he says it. From uh, emphasis on the wrong syllable. Yeah, the clip. <laughs> the clip from the movie. Uh, what's it called? Oh, top okay, flight. Yeah, yeah. Top. I do that sometimes. And you guys, view from the top. View from the top. Thank you. I knew it was like top something. I just watched that movie. That's so funny. Like of all the movies to just watch, like again, watch again. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Uh, anyways. Um, anyways. Yes. I, um, so I will do things like that. Um, you will do things sometimes like, um, when the, <laughs> when a grocery store bag asks you. Oh my gosh. That's that, totally in one of these. You'll stare at him like. <laughs> like he's kind of, uh, oh man th- th- yeah that's, that's in one of these articles let me see uh, oh it says part of my grand theory of cringing or of awkwardness is that it shows you the gap between who you think you're presenting to the world and how the world is actually seeing you if you never know that there's that gap then you never have the chance to try to improve yourself but remember, that was, that was my whole thing about that. Like, I feel like I'm a really nice person, and I know I gave him, like, an evil stare. Like, why the heck are you asking me about a cat? What would make mm-hmm. you ask that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, and maybe that's my problem when I do it at work, too. Like, I feel like I'm better than this. Like, I am, I am you know, like, I, I know what I'm doing, really. Like, I feel like I have to protest that, yeah, I just had a moment of airheadedness. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of funny. But yeah, I guess that's it. Uh, just that whole idea of how people view you is what makes it awkward. It could not even mm-hmm. be awkward. Maybe someone else doesn't even know it. Mm-hmm. Which actually, if I think about every story, major story of me being awkward, it, it, it really does come down to that. Like, does this person now think that all I care about is money? Or does this person think that I'm mean when I'm not really mean or... Mm-hmm. It's like you say something and then realize how it sounds to someone else. And then you don't know if they, like, if you keep talking, is that going to make it more awkward or is that right. going to make it better? It's, it's always kind of a toss up. Right. And just like worried about their other people's perception. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, it seems like all these things say basically acknowledge the awkwardness. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like I just like retreat into myself and get more awkward or I make a joke about myself. 
which probably mm-hmm. are, neither are good. So this does say, um, this, this is from today.com health. Uh, be aware of the spotlight effect. Most of us assume that more people are paying attention to our embarrassing moments than we think. It's not to say that nobody is noticing, but not as many people are noticing as we think. Mm-hmm. So, it's good advice. It's good advice. So yeah, I just have to learn that. Cut out the self-deprecating humor. Don't give permit people permission to bag on me, basically. I don't know. Sometimes I just feel like I'm so much fun to make fun of. Uh, you are. I did want to say something too, like in listening to the sisters episode when, um, Becca said something like, that I was worried you were going to be like me. And maybe that's why I was so control quote unquote controlling, which I do have, you know, some thoughts on that as well. But I don't remember Rebecca saying that she did. She said, mom might've seen you being like her or something to that effect. I not exactly word for word. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I, I, I think that maybe words sounded similar to that, but I don't think that's how she meant what she meant. Oh no, I think that is what she meant. I don't, I don't think, I, I think she, I think she didn't, didn't mean that, but I don't know. Either way, I just wanted you to know that I didn't, I never really was fearful you were going to be like me. I knew you were boy crazy and I knew that with church standards being what they were for the church that we went to, um, that that was going to be difficult for you. So I was concerned about that. Um, so but I didn't necessarily yeah. think you were going to be like me and be pregnant at 16. Uh, yeah. I mean, I definitely didn't do that. And I never really thought that I would either, but, um, I mean, I want to be like you though, in a lot of ways. So yeah, I no, I mean, that's nice to hear. And I appreciate that because I'm pretty awesome, even though I'm awkward. I think you're awesome. <laughs> I've always, you know, what I've always wanted to emulate is your confidence for sure, because you definitely, um, I, I always remember that, like growing up, you being confident in yourself and your decisions. Like I don't really remember you spending a lot of time second guessing yourself, um, and your um, like take no prisoners attitude. Like I mean, not like not like you were like this major, you know, unloving hard ass or anything like that. But I just mean like you, there definitely was that point when like you you wouldn't tolerate unnecessary crap from anyone. Yeah, and I, I really. Uh, I, I have to try and channel my inner you sometimes because I have a very high tolerance for crap that I don't necessarily need to have. Well, do you remember you trying to like sick me on people like, mom, they said this or like totally exaggerating situations. Cause you wanted me to like tell people what was what back then. No, but I know I still do that now. Oh yeah. You totally, uh, if someone, if an adult said something to you, you would like try to get me riled up and like, like call them and say, I don't think you should do this. Or, I mean, and it, it worked a couple times, not, not that you made <laughs> up, you never made up stories, but I mean, you would definitely share stories with me because you knew that I would do something. Like what? Mom, tell me um, more. Well, there were 
church instances where people um, made comments about your behavior uh, that wasn't quite appropriate. Mm. There's um, so much about that that I blocked because I really don't remember people saying things to me that much. I mean, I remember the effects of it, but I don't remember like what exactly people said. I just remember the summaries. Um, so much so that when Becca was talking in that episode too about it, like I was like, Oh man, I, 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 I had blocked how much that did affect me. Um, and then, um, yeah, like you saying this and Becca saying that, like, there's just stuff that I clearly don't, I decided to put behind me, I guess. Yeah. There, and there were a couple times where you would have, something would happen. I can remember one time uh, someone called me and they were talking about their concerns they had for you. Mm-hmm. And you were like listening like, no, get them. Don't be nice. <laughs> like you wanted me uh, to go into attack mode. And I didn't. And you were disappointed. <laughs> Why didn't you? It sounds like they deserved it. Someone calling you out of the blue to tell you that. So um, no, ridiculous. because I think their their concerns were legitimate and were they were they, they legitimate? Were. They were. And they so were they legitimate? Were they, they legitimate? were in this instance. Yeah, I'm so surprised you don't remember that. I have blocked a lot. I I really think that there's going to need to be an episode where we kind of talk about our religion a little bit more. Yeah, I think I just have to come to terms with it. A little more. Yeah. I mean, I don't think we need to talk about how we feel as much as we need to give some insights into what that was like, you know, for yeah, context. And I, sometime. But anyways, yeah, you used to try to stick me on people. But then you would also like certain times get embarrassed, like if I was in a store or something. Or you do that now mm-hmm. more like, it's not that big of a deal. Calm down. And I'm like, no, customer service. Yeah, okay, but sometimes it's not that big of a deal. Sometimes you're justified. Sometimes I'm like, well, you know, what's going on with her today? Uh, sometimes certain things just really get under my craw. <laughs> okay, yeah. funny story. So I was pregnant, probably with you. I don't remember. Definitely and with me because I was the best. We would go to this restaurant, and it was like a fish and chicken place, and I would order a meal and I would order extra hush puppies. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so they had a hard time getting my meal, right? Fine. I was trying to be patient and they were having a hard time figuring out how to do extra hush puppies, which was the thing I ordered it every time I went there. But that person that day was having a hard time. I was pregnant, not in the mood for hard times at all. Mm-hmm. So I sit down, I get my food, no extra hush puppies. They're working on the extra hush puppies. Finally, they bring me the extra hush puppies. And I'm like, I'm all done eating. I don't want these. And then I, like, insisted they give me my money back. It was, like, 45 cents. But I was like, it's the principle. (laughs) (laughs) And Dad was dying. But he was like, she's pregnant. I'm just going to back away. (laughs) I'm not going to have her mad at me. So you guys got the wrath today. Sorry. That's, you know, what's really funny. Um, I can very clearly remember, um, like a year ago, I was hanging out at my boyfriend at the time's house with his parents. Um, when we were having, we'd ordered dinner to be delivered. Um, and I had ordered something with like ranch on the side 
because I love ranch dressing. And that was the ranch was like an extra buck 25 or like some, something that seemed ridiculous to me for the ranch, whatever, but they didn't have ranch at the house. Um, and when it came, it didn't have ranch dressing. And I immediately was like getting on my phone, like to tell them, like, I want my buck 25 back. Like, and they were even like, you, you want to just like, you can just let that one go. And I was like, no, it's, it, it, I literally said, it's the principle of it. Like I, I ordered this, it wasn't delivered correctly. I should be able to get that amount back. I'm not looking for more than that. I just, I don't want to pay for something that I didn't get, especially since I'm not going to enjoy this as much without it. Well, and you want them to learn condiments are essential. It's like when I go get fish and chips and they don't give me malt vinegar, I just want to like, I'm like, I just like, I got to buy a bottle of salt vinegar because I can't handle you guys forgetting that. Yeah. It's like, it, it can ruin the whole meal. Like now I can't eat my fish and chips. I've got I just no think it's really vinegar. funny that you use the expression, <laughs> it's the principle. And I have such a clear memory of me doing that same thing. thing. It's the principle <laughs> of it. Well, and they, I mean, I, I don't even remember it. Like they didn't even know how to give me a credit or something. Like it was like, I was literally standing there, steam blowing out of my ears. Just give me my 45 cents. Oh man. <laughs> or yeah, or they weren't arguing fun. with me, but then they're like, okay, ma'am. Okay, ma'am. It's calm down. We'll take care of it. And then I'm like, here's your 37 cents. Like I see people acting like that now. And I'm like, why you're crazy. <laughs> But that day, I was just like, no, you're going to learn. When I order my extra hush puppies, give them to me. <laughs> oh, man, that's so funny. But I'm, I, I'm pretty patient now when I go eat and people mess up or whatever. Like, eh, stuff happens. It's not that big of a deal. You have grown and developed as a person. <laughs> Uh, I have a question kind of harkening back to what we were talking about earlier. I just noticed that I had written it down when, mm -hmm. when you we were talking about how controlling I was, do you think a lot of your feel when you were growing up, do you think a lot of that feeling was in relation to your relationship to church too? Like, did you feel like my rules were coming from church and that was part of your frustration? I felt as though the rule, some of the rules were coming from church, but I don't think that was part of my frustration necessarily. Like, I don't think the fact that, well, no, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. You I always said things I... like being too churchy or you're just worried about what people at church will think. Yeah. You know, I, I'm, I guess I have to go with, I don't think I can answer that question honestly, because I don't think I was honest with myself during that time, like about why I felt the way that I felt. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, uh, probably a little bit of both, I guess a little bit of yes, a little bit of no. I think that, uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I know that I couldn't wait until I moved out and could stop going to church. Like I, <laughs> I definitely got to that point. Well, it's just funny because, um, and I understand why you would say this, so don't think I'm feeling anxious about it. But like, I was so laid back, especially for a Mormon mom. But it was just no rules that you wanted. Yeah. No, I mean, I, like, I, I, again, like, I know that. I, I mean, I saw other people's parents. I see religious parents now. I know that I was 
super fortunate to have such great parents. Like I, I, like I know all of these things and I knew them then, but there were just the reason that I say that is because some of the things from church or whatever, um, that you chose to control, I will choose not to. That's why I said that. Right. That's why I had that answer. And I, I kind of knew what you meant. I just thought it was interesting, uh, choice of words. But, um, I know that you weren't that controlling. It's not like you were this crazy controlling parent, but there are things that of course I will control less. That's all. And yeah, I don't know. By nature are meant to try to control. And I definitely felt like you needed some control, but I think too, like, I think the important thing is, and even if they don't remember it, like if you do have to control things for your child, like explaining why and like what the, you know what I mean? Like just control without Mm -hmm. a reason is really hard to swallow. I mean, I'm sure whatever control we had, you probably knew or were like frustrated with or whatever. But I see people just like, oh, they can't do that. But they won't tell them why. Like if you tell them why, then they'd be like, oh yeah, there are bad people out there that might ask me to, or send me pictures of their private parts. Yeah. I don't want that. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't understand what's wrong with having those kind of conversations. You know, it's funny. I remember um, when I was doing the Harry Potter trivia contest the first time, I believe, um, when I was outside, like, I think you and dad are like getting me registered or whatever. And this guy kind of sat with me and started talking to me and, you know, was asking me questions and like rooting me on. And dad came over and kind of interjected himself in the conversation. Um, At this point, I think I'm thinking I'm just talking to a friend who happens to be a little bit older, you know, like whatever. Um, And I like invited him to sit with you guys and everything, like watch me go. And dad was like, I like when he, when the guy was like, okay, you know, like kind of started to walk through the auditorium, dad like pulled me back and he was like, you need to understand that some people are not looking, are not being your friend for good intentions. Like you, you can't just start talking to people. Yeah. And like, I remember that conversation so clearly, like it was just burnt. Cause I remember like in my head, I was like, what do you mean? He's just my friend. He just wants to see how, like watch me do well. And of course, now looking back, I'm like, I was so young and stupid. <laughs> right. Like, I have no idea. Maybe that guy was a good guy. Maybe his daughter was like, I don't know. I don't even remember what we talked about. But clearly, there was enough that dad felt suspicious. And if dad felt suspicious about it, then it couldn't have been a very good situation. Gosh, and he's always right about stuff. Dear Lord, it's so frustrating. <laughs> you know, when, when, um, when I was working and he was out of work and he was home with Becca after Becca was born... Mm-hmm. And we lived on Turquoise Street. And uh, <laughs> so all the women and the stay-at-home moms, whatever, they were all super into dad. Obviously, we know how that mm-hmm. works because I can't leave yeah. alone at all. But yep. um, uh-huh. and they were, like, inviting me over to their house and stuff. But he would tell me, so-and-so's going to have an affair. I think there's something up with them. They're going to get a divorce. And I'm like, you are just crazy. Like, where do you get these crazy ideas? He was right about every single one of them. Wow. Just like, I've been watching, you know, like I see, I'm outside mowing the lawn. I see somebody coming over to their house and their husband ain't home. And I see Mm -hmm. this and it's just so funny. Man. I just hate it that he's right about stuff like that. (laughs) I just want to think you're absolutely insane. No, your dad has a sixth sense. You didn't know. He's a good dad. He's a really good dad. (laughs) He is a good dad. I wonder what he would have been like with Sunso. I think that he probably wouldn't have been as good of a dad. 
well, it worked out the way it was supposed to. Yeah. I mean, I don't think he would have been a bad dad. I think he would have just had a lot more intense expectations that would have been stressful. There would have been some sexism in the household is what you're telling me. You can't have different expectations than they do from daughters and sons. That's like step number one. <laughs> well, there's that. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe I'm just projecting that. Maybe. But, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter because he was a great dad and we didn't have any sons. Family of all girls. Yep. It was meant to Thank be. goodness. That's exactly how I wanted it. <laughs> okay, so let's let's play a game. If you could mm-hmm. get up and move to another country because you are sad about America being broken or whatever, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where would you go? Well, I wouldn't uh, because I am a stay and fix it person. I, I believe that this can be fixed and I don't want to abandon my country to the losers who broke it in the first place because then nothing will get better. Uh, so that's my first statement. Uh, my second statement is if it is so far gone that we are looking at handmade Tale becoming a reality and there's nothing I can do, um, I am dipping probably to Canada, um, maybe England uh, or some European country. Um, yeah, that's my answer. Yeah, I don't know. I, um, everything in me right now tells me to get up and go. I mean, and I'm a fix it. I want to stay. My original thought was to stay and work it out. And I'm not confident in that, but that's going to happen. I feel like we need to just wait and see how this upcoming election goes because so far things are looking good. Yeah. Which brings to mind, uh, have you looked at sister district at all? No, still haven't. I know you keep telling me to do that again with my sidetracking of like work gets in the way of my passions. You know, I love work and I love what I do, but dang. Well, that's just, that's how it is. I mean, you have to live, you have to earn a a living and especially in San Francisco. Shoot. Mom, here's um, what should happen. Here's what should happen. I should transfer to a store in Vacaville, move in with you. We can at the same time pursue our passions together I'll have to work less because I won't need to as much, right? Like it'll be get better because uh, I won't be paying the most ridiculous rent I've ever paid in my freaking life just yeah, to, have to have a car. get to work. Okay. I'll buy a car. Okay. I just... guarantee you my car payment will be less than what I'm paying right now just to live. Dad would be so excited if you moved home, if any of our kids moved home, not just you specifically, but. No, just me specifically. I know it's okay. <laughs> we can say it. Um, no, I know, I know, I know you guys would be excited if anybody was closer to home. Shoot, I mean, even if I didn't live with you guys, even if I just lived close, you guys would be excited. I I think, I don't know that I'd be super excited if someone moved in with us. I think it'd be fun for like a couple months, but after that, it would be. You were just trying to convince me to do it. You really were. back home, but not, I didn't mean in our house. I meant like move back to Vacaville. (laughs) Okay. Well, if I was going to move to Vacaville, I would move in with you at first. Okay. Like I'd need to like get myself situated. Yeah. I'd just cry on your shoulder a lot. Fighting or something. That's all. Of course we would. Of course we would fight. (laughs) Of course we would fight, but we'd get over it because we love each other. And think about how much more awesome this podcast would be if we were in person all the time. It would be amazing. I know. I know.
As always, we want to give a big shout out to Dave Depper, who provides the music we use in our episodes. The song you're listening to is titled Can Can 2, and we got it from the Free Music Archive. You can check out Dave at davedepper.com. We're trying to build our audience. So if you like Grown Up and Grounded, there's a couple ways you can help. Tell a friend or leave us a review on iTunes. That helps people find us. Thanks for listening and sharing. I mean, we still have that nonprofit we can found, find, found, we can fund, nonprofit we can start. I'm, I'm going to start over so that you can just edit that part out. Sure. Of course it is. It's just hard what? as hell. I think it's, it's possible. I think it no. would be hard Trisha as Marcel. hell. No.